You are listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. James Marshall is a registered investment advisor and president of Marshall Wealth Management. His registered investment advisory firm is registered in Texas and Kentucky. For 30 years, he has been educating, advising, and managing wealth for diverse families all over the country. This podcast is about different concepts of wealth building, some financial, some emotional, physical, and yes, some spiritual. The bottom line is you will leave with some knowledge and knowledge is wealth. So whether you're walking, running, exercising, or having your choice of beverages, no judgments here, clear. Then open your mind and get ready for some life-changing financial lessons. It's your time. Here's your host, James Marshall. Podcast number 31. There is no such thing as a 50-50 relationship. Someone is always going to be contributing a little more. Now, during our last episode, we discussed being equally yoked and why you should talk about wealth building philosophies before getting married. Making sure that you and your spouse or your mate are on the same page when it comes to money management, saving and investing. But does this concept transfer well from marriage one-on-one to real life? Are relationships like partnerships? Is a 50-50 approach to managing finances and wealth building realistic? We will talk about it after our financial definition of the week. This week's letter is P, and P is for partnership. What is a partnership? A partnership is a formal arrangement by two or more parties to manage and operate a business and share its profits. Now, there are several types of partnership arrangements. And in particular, in a partnership business, all parties share liabilities and profits equally, while in others, partners have a limited liability and they share in limited profits. There also is the so-called silent partner, in which one party is not involved in the day-to-day operations of the business, but they do participate in some of the profits. So the question is, is your mate a full partner or a profit-taking silent partner? It's good information to have. Show me what you're bringing to the table. 50-50, meet me in the middle. Show me what you're bringing to the table. Light bill, gas bill, car note. Let me be clear. It has been my experience that the couples that build solid, lasting wealth share in the labor and rewards of wealth building. Everyone knows their role and plays to win. Not to say that there are not moments of disconnection, uh, but that disconnection is quickly corrected when there's constant and consistent discussion about financial goals and concerns. Talk about it. That's the key thing. I always like to say every problem has a solution and so does an unbalanced financial relationship. So I've listed a few steps that you can do to help you bring some balance to your household. One, you can establish a day at the end or the beginning of the month where both of you sit down together and go over the income coming in and the expenses going out once a month, either at the beginning or the end. But you have to do it consistently. 
Two, you need to open up a household checking account that you both contribute to. Now, all bills are paid out of this household checking account. This account should be funded based on your income. Example, if the combined household income is $150,000, and if one of you brings in $100,000, or approximately 70% of the household income, then they should deposit enough into the household account to cover 70% of the household expenses. That's fair. But that one person, only one person writes the bills out of that account. This way you will avoid confusion or bounce checks. This should not be forever. You need to switch that up. Maybe once a quarter you switch who's making the payments because there will be an emotional breakdown of the person who's constantly dealing with those bills month in and month out. So that needs to be shared. Now, like most issues, the points of views on this subject of being equally yoked depends on your experiences and your circumstances. But I just decided to speak with one of my clients who I felt can bring uh, a personal approach to this discussion. Let's check it out and see what she has to say. Show me what you're bringing to the table. 50 50, meet me in the middle. Show me what you're bringing to the table. Light bill, gas bill, car, no table. Okay, I am here with Deidre, and we're talking about this concept of being equally yoked. Uh, whether or not it is feasible to believe that there can be a true partnership in a relationship, 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, whatever it may be. What, I mean, can, can you have a partnership or should you treat a relationship like a partnership? What do you think? I think you should treat it like a partnership for the simple fact that uh, well, I don't believe in the whole adage of 50-50. I think both people should come in as 100 and 100 because you're one whole person, they're one whole person, and then you're going to be one person together so that way you're not looking for that other person to complete so if you say you're 50 percent you're saying oh i'm looking for my half no you should already be your your whole self that way if anything happens or forbid you can still move forward you're not missing that so-called half but i think being evenly yoked in mindset and goals values um, are very important you can't have one person that's a, a spender and then the other person that's a saver because then you're gonna bump heads or you may find out there's a mystery account that you don't know about, and then that's what they're using to spin, 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 or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You may have one person that's, well, I'm a saver, so I'm going to, even though we have a joint account, I'm still going to have this other account so I can make sure that we have some savings because mm-hmm. I know that my significant other is not a saver. Like, um, But those are conversations that you should have out the gate. So when you're dating and being cute and, and trying to figure out if this person is the right person for you, that's one of those date questions. I would throw out there um, to ask um, and vice versa. You know, guys don't should be afraid to ask those questions either mm-hmm. because you have to look long term. Can't look at the surface. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some of the problems that a couple can run into when they don't have that same mindset of building wealth? One major issue It would be, for me, I would think would be the spending, especially like, let's say you have one person that came into the relationship already acquiring wealth, like it was already taught to them or shown to them, or they took classes or, and then they meet someone and let's say they're not, maybe not as up to par Mm -hmm. where that person is. Not saying that they haven't invested, maybe they did, they had a bad experience. Right. So they may be a little bit more reluctant 
versus someone who's been in the thick of it. They've done it. They've been through a recession. They've started over and that kind of thing. I think it's important that you have those examples and conversations. So communication is very, 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 very important. I know some people learn at different levels. So you may have a person that's visual versus someone who's an intellectual. Mm-hmm. Uh, like myself, I'm visual. So if you show me how to do something, I can do it. You can't just give it to me like in a book or a pamphlet and say, here, read this and then come back and tell me. Which <laughs> come, I, back, I don't, come back an I expert. I don't work like that. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. So for me, I don't work like that. And that's something you have to figure out with your significant other, what their learning style is. It may not necessarily be that they can't or that they're not willing to invest. It may be they just don't know because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Sounds like um, love language for money. They had a, yes. So they may not know. So let's say you go on a date and you bring up something about like stocks or how the political climate is affecting the gas prices or bring in little conversations to see kind of where they are on that spectrum. Okay. And that way it'll be better able for you to open up that door to communication to see if that is something they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Now, you could have the flip side where you have one person like, I'm not interested in investing. I'm not, which is very rare, but <laughs> they may say, I'm not interested in investing. I'm not interested in saving. I'm not. Now, I'm going to the extreme. I'm not saying okay, right. that that is the case. But the, ex- the extreme exists. But, right. So you have to decide for yourself, is that going to be a deal breaker for where you are right now? Mm-hmm. And what type of relationship is it that you're going to have with this person? Is this someone that you're like, oh, okay, well, I can see myself being with them long term, but I know I like real estate. So am I willing to give up that part of me for the sake of the relationship? Let me ask you, is, 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 can you substitute their willingness to build wealth with, what, with the other thing they bring to the table? Is, is it wise to try to make compensations to say, all right, well, look, I know this person won't be able to be a good partner in wealth building, but I love them for these other things. And, and these are the things that are going to be the currency that that person has in the relationship. If you think in your heart of hearts that you can forego that and not have a ROI mentality, or I mean, sorry, rate of return, return. on investment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I would say yes. But at the flip side, you can't come back later on and then say, man, I should have stayed with doing the real estate. That's my out. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their vices. Some mm-hmm. people like to drink, some people like to smoke, some people like to go travel. Building wealth may be your vice. So you that's not a vice. Take a part. <laughs> I mean, not a vice, <laughs> but I mean, that may be. I'm sorry, there's different aspects of building wealth. Let okay. Me say. That's, okay. And that's the vice. Let me say yes. it that way. Um, whether that's stocks, bonds, uh, real estate, flipping homes, wh- whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to decide if that is worth the cost. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at the end of the day. It, because it, you don't want that to come up later on that you have this built up resentment because, oh, I was doing this, doing that. But I put that aside for you. Right. And that's looking at it from a realistic and that's looking at it from a realistic point of view, because in the beginning, those type of things are cute and and you might think you like them. But at the time it gets old and you realize it really is not value added and it just destroys the relationship. I mean, if you're not in my corner coaching me while I'm doing the work, then what what are you here for? That type. If you don't if you can't add equity, money, sweat equity, at least be a really good coach. Yes. Because in a lot of instances, you need that support system. There's mm-hmm. going to be some times when you're, for example, in real estate, It's, it's that's one of my advice for building wealth. So it is iffy sometimes. You may have somebody that's like, yeah, I'm going to get this house from you and everything. And then something happens like COVID. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And then nobody's trying to move or go anywhere or buy anything for months. Mm-hmm. And it messes with your psyche after a while. Like, okay, well, I know I'm used to doing this and I'm because that's my routine and now I can't. So you're trying to pep talk yourself. But then if you're not pep talking me also, it kind of leaves you at a loss a little bit. Because it's like, then you start going down the road of, well, why are you not supporting me? I support what you do. You're not supporting this just because it's something you don't like. or mm-hmm. And then you have little tit for tats, if you will, because really you would like that encouragement from your spouse. That's something that, you know, you expect it. Right. So I would say don't go in with the false expectations. Ask all those questions. Ask all those hypotheticals. And of course, it's cute in the beginning. Everyone's cute. And, oh, we look cute together, and, oh, we're going to live together, and, oh, we're going to get married and have all these beautiful babies and have this house. (laughs) But no one really gets into the Mm nitty-gritty and asks about those things that are real-life issues. Like, okay, what if I lose my job? What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. What would would be your expectations if we get married? Do you want to stay at home? Do you want to, you know, and work? Or do you want to be a stay-at-home parent? Vice versa. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like now, there's no excuse for you to not have those conversations, especially with COVID. Yeah, if another COVID happens, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? Like right. those are the kind of questions you right. need to ask. Or what if I get sick and we have a business together and I know it's not your thing? Mm-hmm. Would I be able to count on you during that time until I get well? Right. Or if I pass, Lord forbid. Mm-hmm. Would you continue the business or would you sell it? Or what would, What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Um so th- those questions are being evenly up. They're very, very, very important. Yeah. Um, I will admit that there's some questions I probably should have asked. Okay. In the beginning, but it was a learning curve. <laughs> so I, I. <laughs> so that's why I'm so passionate about telling even my single friends. They're like, hey, there's some questions you need to ask. Right. Um, even when they're you know telling me how great the person is, I'm happy for you, but. <laughs> With that being said, you, 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 <laughs> let's say that you've committed to the wrong person. These mistakes have been made. Things are not moving the way they should. Mm-hmm. What are two things uh-huh. that you feel that that a couple can do to rectify the situation? One, you need to have a real talk. Um, and what I mean by that is all the cards on the table, like this is what happened. These are my suggestions on getting it fixed. What are your suggestions on getting it fixed? Um, if you need like someone to come in, like a finance, if it's a financial situation, um, have a third party to come in. So that way it's not sound like you're blaming each other. Right. So like have someone else there also to discuss what the issue is. Um, if it's a financial situation and figure out how to get out of it mm-hmm. by the best way possible with the less amount of collateral. Right. Damage. Gotcha. Prayerfully, you'll be able to uh, get through it where it doesn't wreck the marriage because that is one of those issues where it can make or break a marriage right and then the other thing i would say is to go to a counselor counselor sometimes Mm -hmm. yes sometimes you would think sometimes you think the issue is just the surface issue oh it's just because this but it may be something that was way down and it's just triggered a reaction Mm. right absolutely from like past trauma or maybe They've been through this experience before. So then when the patterns start lining up in their brain, because your brain is a great resource, but it can also remember a whole lot of things, good Mm -hmm. and bad. Otherwise, you'll be always, you don't want to always be fixing or dealing with the symptoms and not dealing with the, the illness, the problem. Correct. Okay, well, Deidre, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today out of your busy, busy schedule. You're, you're such the entrepreneur and world hustler, so I know that you only have a small time, smaller slice of time in your day, and I'm glad you spent it with me. 
Awesome, my pleasure. Anytime. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. I hope you got something out of that. And if you and your spouse are not talking about your finances like partners and sharing in the work the same as you're sharing in the profits, you might want to start this year off with a clean slate and talk it out. Not only will talking and working together help you build wealth, but it can also help you build a strong, healthy relationship with lasting love. And love is wealth. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep building wealth. Peace. You have been listening to 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall. Keep increasing your knowledge by going to marshallyourmoney.com and check out our educational videos, newsletters, and calculators. There you can also sign up for your free copy of his book, 100 Wealth Building Secrets. Like this podcast and follow it on podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media platforms, Facebook, Black Family Wealth, Twitter, James Marshall at Marshall Wealth, Instagram, Marshall Wealth, LinkedIn, James Marshall, and on YouTube, James Marshall Financial Educator. Email your questions or thoughts to james at marshallyourmoney.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, we build wealth one family at a time. Dividends. I teach you how to say. Well, number one, if it ain't making money, it ain't making sense.